2: Our guests today are Chud and Lanny, homesteaders to write home about. No doubt you have heard them, me talk about them or them chime in at a DPP on the propaganda report. You may know and love them from Twitter or Instagram, Greener Postures is their handle there. Lanny's YouTube channel, Preserving Today, you may see some fermentation workshops there. You can also hear them talk about family life on the farm in the world as it is today podcast. Or maybe you've heard Chud X on Into the Apocalypse with Adam on the Deborah Gets Red Pills podcast. So without further ado, welcome Chud and Lanny.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: So I've been huge fans of yours for a really long time because I'm totally unintimidated by your approach to this natural life, to making your own food and going little by little. I know some of your story, it's not like you woke up on a totally operable farm one day and decided that this was like, you just had to keep it going. It seemed like from the beginning it was, really learn as you go, and a labor of love. And I want, if you wouldn't mind, I kind of want to hear about your, your past, your present, and your future. So the world as it is, I want preserving today. But let's start with the backstory. How did you get from there to here?
1: Sure. A um, little origin story. Um, we met on MySpace Not exactly, but like through a friend's post. It's really old. (laughs) It is. I know that. that How is that possible? So it's like thirteen years ago this month, actually, that we met, and then we moved in together, and then got married, engaged a year later, and then married a year after that. So we've been together for a while, and we have the eight-year-old that was born in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we were in a little like 1970s mobile home. That was two bedrooms, still wood paneling on the wall and the same stove and oven that was put in it when it was set up.
0: And, and original plumbing and wiring. and Yeah.
1: Everything. And the heater. Oh, it was horrible. But it was great. And um, we had moved there out to get out of the city where we live. And it wasn't that far out. So we still worked in the city and drove in. But uh, it was there that we started to kind of experiment with trying to do things uh, more on our own. And it really, for me, started when my my son had an anaphylactic response to peanuts at 18 months old. So, like, full, like, head swelling up, vomiting, they- hives... Had he, had you been giving him peanut butter or
2: was it during the age when they said, there was like a period when they it said, was the don't peor- give them yeah. peanuts. It
1: was the period when they were saying not to give them peanuts until they were older. So I had only like kind of touched it to his lips a couple of right. times, but he had eczema and other signs that I didn't know at the time, but signs right. of potential food allergies. And so when that happened, it was a real wake up call, like, whoa, the... Trying to talk to the doctor about it, there was no like answer to why this would have happened. Only avoid these top eight allergens and carry an EpiPen. And that obviously wasn't good enough for me because I'm not a kind of person to just accept that information without trying to dig.
0: And more than eight allergies, they did a test on him and they said he was allergic to
1: everything oh right because anything they tested him for he was allergic to but then learning further wow. it was you know it has to do with your immune response after having an anaphylactic response so you'll test positive for everything so it wasn't necessary but it was it L- was t- looking back i
0: think he was kind of like allergic to everything at that moment yeah at that moment, right after having had this reaction so so he tested positive for not just foods, but like dogs and cats and uh, grass and uh, dust and all of that. Yeah, his pollen. body
2: was probably hypersensitive to everything because it was freaked out. But it's funny when you start digging into these things and asking questions, maybe not of the doctors, but of yourself. And you realize that their answer is really just like, I have a script for that. Like I yes. can write you a prescription yeah. for that to the point where A little same thing. I have a son who has Down syndrome and tons of skin problems, eczema psoriasis, like and it only occurred to me like six months ago to get him a celiac test. So he got a celiac test, raging celiac, and one of the one of his skin problems went away. But like he still has four other things. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a long road and it's really hard. But there are answers because I was the same way, like the stuff that they give them for psoriasis, like if you have to take something orally for that, it's very, you know, they 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 don't even want to give it to you. They know right. that there's, it's a problem. So I was thinking, but it can't be, this can't just be a thing. Like, where did this come from? It looks like something's in there trying to get out. You know, it looks reactive.
1: And, right. And but it, it's, a, and whole, it is. it's a long journey. And nobody's and it, really there's no money in trying to help you find those answers. No. And there's no money in the funding for studies or any of that. And especially skin disorders, they're not very sexy. So there's no celebrity endorsements or anything, anyone (laughs) talking about it um, in that way. So for us, that really led me into trying to look into studies and learn how to read like studies online. And I found reading packages on food that, whoa, what's all this stuff in here? And, you know, dairy and eggs were one of the things that were off limits for that time. And I so I started to have to cook everything. Yeah,
0: it, so was, that, a, it was a quick elimination of all food, I all packaged saying, food. I,
2: if I could do that, it's, I, it's hard, but like I would do the thing where you start with rice, right? The right. only thing
1: they can eat is rice and then you fold in other things. Yeah. Like an elimination diet. So essentially we just took away all the allergens and just started cooking everything from scratch, no more restaurants. And then that led me to reading studies that they were doing in Australia at this time on allergies which included kids getting basically this patch that had a peanut protein on it in a very small amount. So it would be like basically exposure therapy with a very tiny amount of peanuts. And it was helping kids get over (laughs) their peanut
2: allergy. Opposite of what they were telling us. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Don't get anywhere near it. Don't go to a birthday (laughs) party if they have it in the room, you know. But the the biggest factor in that study was that some of the kids were also given probiotics. And the kids that were giving probiotics responded to that peanut treatment. So the ones that had healthy microbiomes also were able to then receive the micro doses of peanuts, which helped them desensitize to the point where they wouldn't have an anaphylactic response if they came in contact with it. So that made me go, okay, probiotics. And so I go to the co-op and you can't get them from the shelf stable ones because they don't have enough live bacteria anymore. So I'm in the you know fridge section at our co-op and it's $30 for a bottle. That's going to last us two weeks. And we were broke and I just started to dig into and found fermentation. Which prior to that, really all I had done is made yogurt. So So, in our.
2: Wait a second. Yeah.
1: This was before you resuscitated the farm
2: or? Yes, this is
1: 2013. Wow. And your first
2: foray into fermentation was yogurt. Doesn't that taste like take like two days on your back? I would never do that. That's the one thing
1: that's really. (laughs) So it wasn't then that I had done yogurt. That was my prior before I had ever fermented vegetables. I had made yogurt when I worked in a I worked in a Lebanese restaurant and they didn't. Oh, right, that's right. Right. And so I made yogurt to make tzatziki sauce that we we had there, right?
2: Oh my gosh, you make it from the from the milk. I'm ready. Now I'm ready. She's
0: got some killer skills that she learned that we have incredible falafel sometimes. Yeah, I'm
2: of Syrian descent, and my, my grandmother was Syrian. Her name was Jamila. And, uh, they changed it to Julia. So I didn't really know it, but she was, she was Syrian. And somehow, even though she was an orphan, she knew how to make all that stuff. So she'd make rolled cabbage and we used to call it Syrian bread, not pita bread. And I worked in a Greek restaurant. I used to love jazik or however you pronounce it. Um, I'm ready. You might have to give me my own personal
1: (laughs) workshop. That's awesome. Yes. So then, you know, garlic, lebni and all of that stuff too. So anything yogurt, reducing it down. And then, so, so I thought, okay, I'll make yogurt at home again, but he couldn't eat dairy. I looked into making coconut yogurt and stuff like that. And that was too complicated. So I thought, you know, sauerkraut or fermented vegetables. So I started with that with like no equipment. It was just with canning jars. And I used plastic bags filled with water to weigh things under the brine. And I just started experimenting and I really liked them. It wasn't, not everyone was sold on the taste right away, but we would just have little bits. And the reality is with probiotics to get more probiotics than you get in a capsule, you just need a tablespoon of sauerkraut a day. So you it's a really small amount. Yeah, lo and
0: behold, instead of those thirty dollar bottles in the refrigerated section at the co-op, you would get you would get that entire bottle out of like a handful of the stuff that we started making.
2: I do buy very expensive probiotics for my son who has Down syndrome, he's not like drinking sauerkraut juice, but I thought of you when I was at Jazz Fest in New Orleans because like when i travel especially there i, I also have like can't can't have gluten at all i'm always like not not feeling great so i went to the grocery store and they had a bottle of sauerkraut juice and i was like oh my gosh They have sauerkraut juice. And I bring it back to the hotel room. And there's a shot glass because there's a bar in the hotel room. my husband's like, ooh, what'd you get? And I was like, sauerkraut
1: juice.
2: Oh, I was was just talking about that yesterday. And
0: he was so bummed.
2: He (laughs) was so, because it was beet sauerkraut juice. So it looks really good. And he Mm. was just like, don't even open that when I'm in the room with you. But man, I have a shot and a half of that. One and a half You feel better.
1: I mean, 100% better. It's actually, it was even better than eating the sauerkraut. Right. There is so much good stuff in there because you're also getting tons of trace minerals because that's made with good salt, too. So there's actually I was just making fun of it yesterday that you can go to the co-op here and get probiotic shots, which is just literally sauerkraut juice like this yes, big. Yes. For like, you know, two ounces for like six dollars or whatever. Oh, yeah. And no, like, it did. They didn't call it sauerkraut juice. It was they called it something shot. else. And I was like, yeah. that's sauerkraut juice. Totally. <laughs> <Give Yeah. me. laughs> so, so for us, it was kind of gradual into like enjoying the taste of the fermented foods, but it was really a big step, but also, um, learning to batch cook stuff that I wanted to make from scratch that I used to buy. So like if we were used to opening a can of chili, say just making a giant batch of chili and freezing them in, you know, dinner portions for our family and starting to look at it like that. So I think that quickly kind of got to, we had this idea, We what did we say? Oh, we wished we were rich enough that we could save money. So like, yes. you know, when you're in a tiny house like that, you don't have enough space, you don't right. have a second fridge, you don't have an extra freezer, like our shop outside had a dirt floor and it was no insulation, so we couldn't really store yeah. stuff out there. We were in the Northwest where it's wet all the time. So we kind of focused on, well, I wanted to start a garden and at this time I was still home. Uh, not working and staying home with our son. And I just got, we got cinder blocks and Chud made me a little four foot by four foot bed that we put, you know, landscape fabric down first. And I bought a certain kind of soil I had read about and mixed it and uh, made a square foot garden. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard that term before, but square foot gardening is basically just making a grid on your soil and you have one foot by one foot um, so we had four by four and each square, um, there's a formula of how many things you can plant of whatever it is. So like four lettuces or 18 radishes or one broccoli, you know, depending on the side. So it helps you with spacing and it really helped me. Um, a row crop sounded really complicated and like, it took too much space. This was like a a way to do a a variety of things in a small area and everything was marked. And I had a little grid paper written down when I planted what, so I could really watch it as it happened. And I learned a ton.
0: Yeah. You learn something really big doing that. Cause I had, I had quite a bit of vegetable growing experience before that. However, at this time she was at home, but I was working like like 55, 60 hour weeks. I was, I was a slave to the man at the time, uh big time I in the, there were several months of the year where I wouldn't see my house in the light because I left before, before dawn and I was home after yes. after sunset. And um, but what Lanny, what I watched Lanny learn during that time was not just, just how to put a seed in the ground and see it come up, but because of these squared off little spots, you could plant again and again through a season and you would see how things like what the lifespan was and like how far you could push that one foot by one foot. And because I, I laid out um, some like slats, like thin pieces of wood to mark those, those, those four feet, those, those s- square feet that were in that inside of that four foot by four foot part. So they were really well marked and there was no confusing what, you know, there's carrots in here. And as these carrots are coming up and I, and she put more in, she was seeing the next ones come up and seeing that how, how much we could get out of that one square foot. It really
1: also helped with weeding because I would (laughs) plant really in specific spots. So if something wasn't coming up in that exact spot, I knew that it might be a weed and I could watch it more carefully. So it really started to help me understand what plants look like when they're really small and what what our more common weeds look like. One side of it, we put a lattice on it so we could grow up, and I did peas and cucumbers, tomatoes. Yeah, uh, tomatoes tomatoes up up first. Tomatoes in there. We didn't. Yeah, I was really intimidated by it because we don't have a very long. We don't have a lot of sun. And so, yeah. And they also take a lot of space and you have to kind of dig deeper, but we have since we do those now, but tomatoes are
2: so delicious. That's the only thing that like, they're not like at the store. It's, it's just like a fake tomato. Right. But yeah. So one thing about that, I've always liked the idea of having a variety is I always thought just from a person with a lawns perspective, I think Mm -hmm. of it, like, I want something, if I, I don't own this house, but if I had a house that I owned, I would plant things to bloom so there's always something blooming. I just yeah. always want to see something blooming. And I feel like if you had a four by four is 16 squares, right? You mm-hmm. you mean it's four by four. Yep. So you could probably cause the problem with having like an avocado tree or lemon tree here is that it all it all is harvested at once sometimes. Like it all comes too yeah. much comes out at once. So if you had, if you had the ability to have like 16 different things you could probably always be in harvest
1: if you really wanted to. And Uh, so the term, a common term is succession planting. So it's where you put seeds in the ground one week and maybe wait a week or two and plant again the same thing so that not say lettuce, right? You're not going to preserve lettuce. That's just for fresh eating. So you don't want all your lettuce to come up at the same time. So with lettuce and spinach, and we put those things, um, you know, I'll plant a bunch. So I have enough to share as well as eat. And then but we wait a week or two weeks in between so that we have a longer span where we're going to have fresh lettuce. But then there's other things like, um, well, the things you don't have control over, like pears and apples, cherries here, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries and blueberries. We have all of those going here on our property those things coming up all at the same time is actually really a blessing now that I understand food preservation, because then I get my big batch. I get to work in the kitchen. I make a big, huge mess. And then I'm done. I have, you know, 50 cans of canned pears and that's going to, that lasts us the whole year. You know, we still have a dozen left to as, get us through to as August.
0: soon as it feels like I couldn't bear to look at another pear, <laughs> Oh my gosh. All we've done for like seven days is, is dealing with pears. Then, you, then you don't, then you're done. Then
1: you're done. Then They're gone. Cool.
2: I want you to do a couple of things. First of all, pears are for your grandchildren, so you definitely didn't plant those pears. No, we Actually, didn't. Actually,
0: there's, there's something special about that. So take, yeah, we it, have Your grandfather
2: beer. planted it, I bet.
0: No. My oh. great, great grandfather. Wow. My great grandfather started this homestead uh, around 1910, 1909, 1910, around there. And his father planted an orchard for him and of that orchard there was and that and that was like a uh a, a, a gift like a, a housewarming gift was to was to come plant like
1: a, like a wedding gift a thing. wedding yeah. gift
0: and 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 all that so he planted all these trees one of which still stands which is our massive pear tree so our sons are playing under a pear tree that their great great wow. great grandfather
2: planted. Oh yeah. my gosh, that gives me goosebumps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it gives yeah. me goosebumps. Every Is it time gonna I think
1: stay? It. Is it gonna like? Does it have a natural lifespan? It must have. It must be weird that oh, it's, it's still alive. It's gnarled and there's parts of it that yeah. are moldy, but it's still standing. And and he it did it's some true. trimming, and it it ha- bears a ton of fruit. So yeah, that, I mean that really fast forward. Do you think how did we get from a four by four square foot garden in a nineteen 19- 1970s mobile home to, to that right mm-hmm. <laughs> i before we get to that story though
2: i have to ask you if you could ever do this for me there's a i think it's a french liqueur that there's a pear in the bottle have you ever oh, seen that no mm-hmm. and they, they're like how did we get the pear in the bottle and of course i was like you grew that pear in the bottle oh. sure so put it over the, the pear, branch yes and yes. you probably have to have another branch to like prop it up mm-hmm but that's pretty cool because i know you have
1: a lot of extra time <laughs> i just need to get the ladder out make sure the kids don't play over there and knock it over no that's a pretty cool idea
0: we used to do that when i was a kid we'd do it with zucchinis we'd get like a oh, two liter soda bottle and we'd put it over the little tiny zucchini i and would we'd let that, that get just get let it get huge like inside of there and, and would we... it
2: break it or what would happen
0: oh no we'd always cut it before that like we'd want it to rattle around a little bit and show people <laughs> um, and, and, and ask him how out. do you think we got this in here you know <laughs>
1: oh, like, obviously... yeah, we should do that this year with with our eight-year-old he would think that's hilarious oh yeah he sure anything would. to also, get him interested in the garden
2: yeah also i remember seeing square watermelons at yeah. some japanese thing and they just grow it in a box i guess yeah. i don't know i guess the yeah. watermelon doesn't need the light it's yeah the that's that need interesting. the light Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I could be okay. wrong. What the hell do I, I know? I think I've, you're I've right.
0: heard of those. I've never put too much thought into it. I. I Me too. Yeah, I've heard I've always they grew thought. in a box, but I
1: didn't it's think It's just further. a little
2: sticky. I know it's sticky. I don't care about the watermelon. But, but it doesn't roll mind. away. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having a pear in a bottle because I can I can work with that. I can, I'll put the liquid in. You put oh, the pear okay. in. Okay. And we can have something <laughs> very cool. Team effort. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, you weren't on the farm at this point. You were doing that
1: four by four- So we were at, um, we were renting uh, that mobile home from my parents in a small town that's about 20 minutes from here, um, close to the Canadian border northwest here. And it was, um, we were on about an acre and they were on about an acre Mm -hmm. and about half of that was field. Um, So we, um, we did have experience at that time with some hogs and some cattle, which my, if you um, want to check out "Feed the Beauty" on the False Reality Check feed, go into some detail on that on the second episode. So we started a panel with Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled and Buffalo and Legs and Moral Bob and his wife, and we're talking about solutions in you know a more um, pessimistic world and uh we get into this story which i won't go to as in detail but my dad is like oh you want to do pigs and he just comes home with his race car trailer full of 30 squealing piglets (laughs) 30 (laughs) yes so over the next week or two he did what he always does and my dad is an (sighs) agress without knowing what that means and he sold those pigs to make the money back from what he put into it and then we were left with about 10 pigs at that time yeah so we ended up doing a second round of of in the hogs. mobile home so not in our house not in the house <laughs> That's no great. but behind yeah the house. <laughs> so but behind the house you. there was a pasture they are for for like 15 minutes before they were oh, okay. scary <laughs> but my they did have an old barn that was like open air on one side it wasn't even closed on all four sides um next to my my parents house and that's where the hogs were but it was not ready for that and it no. wasn't the doors didn't even close um so it was like go time as soon as he arrived we like put our boots on and were started you trying to or were you laughing i i like kind of freak out and then laugh but yeah my right, i okay. mean no one can make you freak out more than your own parents you know what i mean i was
0: busy hitting the ground running because right. lanny's dad is a wonderful wild and crazy former <laughs> race car driver who oh gets wild ideas like he says hey you guys want to you guys are talking about homesteading let me let me i'll be right back and then he comes (laughs) back with 30 pigs yeah and and then he says we got to put up a fence so (laughs) so you know it was like and and he did the same thing with cattle at one point not as cattle cattle.
1: so we had pasture space We, we were done with the pigs and it was Winter time and there's a lot of dairy farms around here. And when they, they calf, um, they usually just put down the male cows when they're born because they're not gonna be dairy, right? They're they're a dairy breed and they're they're so they're not made for meat. And they my dad had a friend who had a dairy and he took like four of the steers. Um they were jerseys, which are dairy cows. But you can still eat them. They just have maybe bigger bones or they don't have as good a marbling. Typically or that's
0: the that That's what's going to define it is they have big bones, so there's less meat. So it makes it less... Less, less, uh, less viable for for making for, money. for sale, right? Yeah. But
1: you know, for bone broth, it's the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, I uh, love marrow, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's. I best. mean, and you never get enough marrow in those. Bones. <laughs> I know. So you got to get the jerseys. Um. So All right. We got. He brought home two at first, and then two more. And it was the the middle of a snowstorm with his deep freeze, and we couldn't keep their water like like liquid and they were just huddled in this little part of the barn we were putting hay all over them and i was thought they were going to die they survived the snowstorm and then the next the rest of the winter and then we put them out on the pasture in the spring all the while while they were closed in chud, chud and my dad were working on the fencing um but we got really good at understanding how to take care of animals and how to not take care of them yeah did and how some to- die no, no, we never had no. a death. We had them get out a lot, and I really learned oh how God. to get them back in. I just and, kept you, and we learned how
0: to communicate with neighbors to to help us uh, get anal- get Corral livestock back in. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: and I would keep the a broom on the back porch just so I could have an extended reach. You know, when I was going outside to get the pigs back in, I would have like nightmares. Sometimes I'd wake up and just stare out the window. Yeah, <laughs> like, like are so they out your- again? Were your neighbors annoyed by this, or well, we? We lived on a dead end road, and right. lots of people had either chickens. Um, right. Person next to us had a sheep.
0: It was Main Street. It was a Main Street. It was downtown it was called Main Street. But mm. we're talking the population in this town was a little over three three hundred. Oh, two hundred. Mainstream, mainstream
1: and bum mainstream M- main bumfuck is nowhere. not the same as mainstream. There was street. there's a bar and a post office within walking distance of our house. Wow. So, so, so we, we were, like were set. downtown. We were set. <laughs> yeah, but so our neighbors were cool about it because they were, right. you know, there and not too far from there is a huge dairy um uh, Field with like tons of dairy cows grazing, yeah. and in yeah.
0: every direction there's huge farms. And on that road, I'd say at least half the people had livestock of some type. You know, two or three cows, or a pig, or you know,
1: or chickens or sheep. There was sheep and goats on the road. Sheep,
0: too. Yeah. goats. You know, maybe a horse here and there. You know. Yeah. Well, so, surprisingly,
1: so- I've noticed that mammals
2: are easier to keep alive than plants. In my mm-hmm. personal experience, yeah. mammals have legs and make noise, and if they need to eat or whatever, my children, my dogs, I've never lost. Well, never lo- I mean, you do lose the dogs, but uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that the the they they stay alive. Whereas I have never met a plant that I couldn't kill.
1: Yeah, you. I mean, you can commu- can communicate with an animal in some way. You know, they can tell you they're yeah. hungry or they're they're yeah. not looking good. And they get around. harder to but tell ha- with plants. How long
2: do pigs last? I mean, because all those pigs were killed because they were getting too big, like the COVID thing. They were like, "Oh, we can't kill the pigs." So they grow the really pigs. quick.
1: Uh, yeah, you're okay. looking like because I know six,
2: cows do like six, eighteen months, and they're
1: uh, yeah, and like feedlots. But if you're just great, is grass fed, takes a bit longer. Okay, um, but and, and with hogs, like they're like six months. You can do six to eight, maybe eight months would be. And then you gotta out. kill them. And you, you then you have to slaughter them. Yes. Yeah. Did you um, give them uh, names? We well, I, we call them what bacon and what yeah, oh, yeah, there we was a right. joke. <laughs> pork, yeah, pork chop, uh, what's yeah. his ham? What's, what's his <laughs> ham? What's
0: his ham was the best.
1: Yeah, Aww. so we had the, that kind of names, and then yeah, um, and we that really taught us how to get into like trying to network, um you chad had worked at like a granola factory and they had waste product that they gave to people so we would go and pick up yeah we'd buckets. go pick up
0: their floor sweepings
1: Wow! so at the, at the end of the day
0: they'd sweep up the floor and uh put it into buckets and i would swing by and throw them in the back
2: of the pickup and yeah, was- that, that probably made the pigs taste better
1: yeah, so yes. it was yeah. also if they made a batch incorrectly, like they forgot an ingredient or something, right. and they oh, had sure. to chuck a whole thing away. So there'd yeah. be, we gave them, I mean, we had sometimes, if something, a bag was broken when it came into the place, they'd have to throw away the whole thing. So we'd have like buckets of chia seeds and coconut and almonds oh and peanut butter. Like, They're eating better yeah.
0: than we do sometimes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but that's like, what oak, makes them oak. taste good. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry sure. to be so
2: cold, but no, not there's nothing really wrong all. with eating pigs like that.
1: Yes, I know. Exactly. And then they got outside, they were in the sun. And I mean, that's what a lot of people don't know is factory pigs don't ever see the sun. They don't have their feet on the soil. When you have a pig that's outside, they get all that sunshine and they get a ton of vitamin D in their fat. So if you're talking pastured pork, wow, yeah, that's one of the pastured pork's fat is one of the highest sources of vitamin D and not just vitamin D, but all the other things that go along with it, that makes it so your body can absorb it. So yeah, well vitamin uh... D is actually a
2: hormone. Like if you don't understand that it's a hormone and not a vitamin, it's confusing as to why your body actually produces it. Yeah. Um, and that you could consume it through an animal, but I didn't know that that's how that you could get it out of the fat. And that's that's the thing about animal rights activists stuff like that. I think when you're for, first of all, you're not defending minks if they would not exist, right? They're it, These animals that we use only exist for us. And if you treat them humanely, they actually get a pretty good existence and then you get what you need. Otherwise, they're never existing at all. Torturing them is wrong. I totally think that. And industrial farming and stuff is just not not good and it That's would be exactly, good yeah to and move it's not away only
1: not good it's inefficient and it's not healthy oh it's inefficient and, yeah i know it's bad for you like it's, that i, I mean, know the yeah it's just the waste and the chemicals you have to pump into them to keep them healthy when if you just moved them outside in a little space you wouldn't have to do any of that you know and then that but, gets into the water and everything like that is a problem and they say about, but it like, also
2: Versus yep. grass-fed, exactly. I mean, omega-6 versus omega-3. Not
1: good exactly, yeah. So the nutritional profile of the meat is different, but then also think of the industry that it's supporting to just keep those things alive. All the chemicals and the feed and everything, it's huge. So, yeah, there's a lot of smart, smarter people than us that talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm not
2: trying to get into it, but the fact is that because the you know the government, the establishment, whatever, they've totally... Monopolized the area of research to where like government sponsored research crowds out research that would be done like at a university at a private university. They'll just, they get the money for it. So they'll do it. And, the, and it's kind of a swinging door with corporations and stuff. So it's very hard to get definitive sources for this kind of information. And it really has to be this renewed grassroots effect. This is what I was thinking about you having a farm and, how I think about so many of these lost, they're not even arts. They're, they're like our lost humanity, our lost connection yeah. Yeah. to what it is to be an animal, which we're also spiritual and mental and all of those things. But when it's really outrageous that we've lost that and we're all totally capable of understanding it because that's how it used to be. So like with the skin problems, I thought my grandmother would have known what to do. My mother knows some stuff, but mm-hmm. my grandfather would put like oatmeal on a burn and I had like a, some kind of like a planter's ward or something. And I was like Fuck this. I'm not going to have the guy like cut it out. It's awful. It's an awful experience. And uh, if you cut a piece of garlic in half and duct tape it to whatever that thing is for one day, it's totally gone. It's and not amazing. who would ever even know that? Thank God for the internet. But I'm just saying you have to pick up these things along the way. You just absolutely have to, and you have to share yeah. them because you couldn't possibly absorb all the information from the people who are just focusing on it. I can't listen mm-hmm. to a, a podcast like that. I'd have to listen to like four hours a day to like learn everything there is to learn. And so, even then that's
1: not learning. That's hearing it. You know what I mean? Learning is really doing. Right. That's when you it's really you need know it. something. That's yeah, what you so remember when, is when you need it. when it what I always say, where you have something to hang that on you know you have yes. you have this foundation of like um needing something so that you can take that understanding and, yeah. and commit it to memory right? when you That's if how- you see
0: someone if you see someone get a, 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 a get a wound and someone's there and they say oh look these these are these things that are sitting right here in the ground we're going to put these on there you're going to remember that forever uh whereas if you hear it on a podcast or no. whatever. It'll be like, oh, OK, I'll try to remember that, you know, but
1: yeah, that's my thing about
0: no application
2: teaching philosophy in high school. Like I get it like it has value, but I want to I want to read philosophy now, now that I've had all the questions and I've kind of like, yeah. I think I understand what that question means, which when I was 18, I didn't understand what the question even meant, much less what mm-hmm. answer could possibly be true but yeah you have to have that real hands-on experience like that guy who like landed a Cessna the other day without any I don't know if you saw this never landed a plane before the pilot got like incapacitated and I always wondered like could you figure it out like I think you could probably figure it out and yeah. of course you can't you're gonna crash a bird the guy figured it out so, That's so cool so yeah. it's actually better. It's actually, even with not starting with nothing, you might be, I mean, that guy now knows how to learn. How to fly
1: his, yeah. You're going to learn muscle. really fast when you, when you're not. you learn situation. really fast. I was going to sure. stick with you. But yeah. uh, anyway, I digress. So, so, so let's see, uh, where were we? We, 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 can so fast forward pigs. a little bit. We've had some pigs, we had some cows, we had the garden. Um, it's also where I can my first time on that tiny little four burner like the coil burner stove that was like electric stove top where the oven was set into the wall with a gigantic microwave above it like that (laughs) was my kitchen and I got a water bath canner and I I, we can jam and I think some other kind of fruit um and so I got that experience and started to understand what that was about Mm -hmm. and then because was stuff
2: growing on your were
1: you just growing in those things or were you already like
2: what were you canning
1: so I went to the store and bought stuff to can That's because I, I wanted to learn to yeah. can. So yes. part of what I would hope to convey to people when I talk about food preservation is that it doesn't have to be what you grow or what you get from around your house. That's the best, of course, but you can also just shop in season when things are on sale and cheap and as fresh and as nutrient as dense as they're ever going to be. And you take, you know, big bushels of those things home or big crates or whatever, and you can preserve those things. So it doesn't have to be that, you know, even if you're in an apartment, you could open the windows and let, to let the steam out and do some, make your own jam. Just one thing. Say yeah. you use jam a lot. The stuff from the store has weird preservatives, can some jam and some half pint jars. It's going to be the best thing you've ever had. Do it when the berries are in season, you know, wait, wait till strawberries are fresh or whatever is around your area. That's really good. Yeah. And it's even better if you can
0: find a strawberry farm that's somewhere in your area and, and go buy, buy from them.
1: Yeah.
2: My husband, he's like a regular guy. Works white collar job, but he takes up these things once in a while. So he decided to start like preserving jam and stuff. He puts so many effing ghost peppers in it that I can't eat it. Like we can't eat it. It's like he's the only reason he does it is because you just can't get jam with enough ghost peppers in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never canned ghost peppers. No, so that right, one's,
2: but, That's a new well, one. For me. it's no. He'll make like lemon jelly. And he'll just jam like jalapenos or habanero. Not jalapenos would be fine, but habaneros. Like he'll just try to make it as hot as possible. But <laughs> my my point is that like you can really make what you want. So yeah. Even if it's weird <laughs> pickled Fresnos because Fresnos are so delicious. They're super tasty and sweet and whatever. And I love them and they're not always in the store. So when they're in the store, I, just, I mean, I've looked and looked and looked because I need them for a certain recipe. And so when they're in the store, if any time my husband sees them, he brings them, i always like, here's some you know, Fresnos to pickle. so So you can can make make what you want um i guess it's kind of like i don't know what the hell it is so do you just make like like, a vinegar pickle yes and then i while it's still hot i put the little jar thing on and i turn it okay and And then then then, it's sucked together until Do you
1: put it in the fridge or in the i do put it in the fridge yeah okay so I, you, put it in the I, I would call them refrigerator pickles. But if you were to take that yeah. same that same situation you just talked yeah. about, and then put that in a water bath canner, which is just yeah, he being, does that it's yeah. submerged under water. Yep. Yeah. Then people you can seal that so that it's then safe to put in your pantry.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, because people really love them. So I like give them to people for presents and stuff. So I That's love that. Great. But I also, when I was doing your thing, I made the green beans for the Bloody Marys. Yeah. And I just loaded them up with all the stuff that I like in Bloody Mary's, you know, it was like yeah. super spicy and garlic and stuff. And what I did not realize is that the girls I was um, meeting up with, uh, they loved them because they were like this zero calorie snack that was loaded oh, with flavor. Yeah. So they ate the entire jar. I was happy that they ate them, but I just couldn't believe it because it was the first time I ever made anything like that. And they were just this huge hit. But what was great about it is that I could actually tailor it to exactly what I wanted, which you can never find that in the store. It's going to be very like denatured in the store.
1: Yeah, and you fermented those beans, so they're loaded with probiotics, and you used real salt, so they've gotten lots of minerals. It's just somebody dumped the brine. I was so there's a whole page about that. (laughs) I know, I know.
2: (laughs) I lost track of the brine. It was terrible.
0: Well, being able to to do it the way you want it—that's what. Lanny's been referring to as intuitive, intuitive
1: cooking. Well, yeah, language. when you really understand the process of something and then you can start to play with it, then yeah, intuitive cooking, intuitive preserving. You know, it's like I'm not following a recipe anymore. You get to the point yes. where you understand the basics so that you can play with it. And that is only and always
2: born of experience. So I always thought, like, I can't cook. And when my husband, I said, like, I want to eat something healthy. Let's have shrimp. He was like, shrimp with andouille on cheesy rice. So I. I. <laughs> i was like okay and i thought in the day i would have been like that would have taken me like a whole day to get my mind around because he's mm-hmm. from the south and i'm not and i knew i would be able to like whip that out like i because i know how to cook each of those things i know how to brown things i know how to like not overcook them, i know how like to layer the flavors now and it was only 100 percent just because i've been doing it for so long now and i used and he keeps saying it's like
1: You used to be such a terrible cook. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I've been feeding my family for this long now. Yes, and it's just,
2: and you learn what people like, like what, that's why nobody cooks like mom cooks, because mom Mm -hmm. has been so paranoid about you wasting food for the past 15 years (laughs) that she only makes exactly what you like and there's nothing left over. Because you can tailor it to that person. And yeah, you yeah. just totally... Because I would say to my husband, like, oh, I don't know how to make this. He's like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm like, <laughs> okay. But yes, yeah. and I, I can't wait for that to happen with this. And I, I think it even transferred a little bit to the fermentation stuff because um, my sauerkraut turned out unbelievably fantastic. Chud, you told me. I was like, my husband was laughing his ass off because he's like, the cabbage costs more than the bag of sauerkraut you normally buy. And you've been doing this for... <laughs> a half an hour you took a two-hour class and it's sitting on the counter for three weeks like i don't i'm not getting the economics on this and i was like i don't know i just thought it would be cool oh my gosh it's so it's so much better than anything i ever had like to the point where i'm gonna make him some brats and he's gonna eat that sauerkraut <laughs> yeah they, you gotta get it because it's just you just once you have that fresh sauerkraut well, so it's a little
1: bit you- of wild success When you get into it, you say, I love that so much. And then you get a bigger vessel and you get the cabbage when it's in season. You make yourself enough for the entire year. And that's when you actually save money and save time. Can you really though? How long could the sauerkraut last? If you can, you can ferment it on your counter. If you move it to cold storage into your fridge, it'll last years. I have. Oh, is that true? You did
2: say that, but I just. I have salsa
1: in my fridge. That's four years old this month. I saw you eat that i did on screen and i've also fed it to people and they liked it and it's not moldy and it doesn't smell bad
0: i'm blown away by that salsa it's just really amazing to me aside from that that was where salsa just in general i don't know i doubt it was that batch i'm I'm, that wouldn't have been your first one Mm -mm. but you fermenting salsa was the first time that i went oh This is better than anything I've ever had. Yeah, You know, like I I love salsa. I love, I'll put salsa on just about anything. That's
2: that skinny chick thing. They want the salsa and stuff. They want the stuff that's like super flavorful, vegetable based thing, but that, but it really goes to that layers of flavor thing. Like it just blows your mind. And what really blows my mind about like organ meats and fermented food is that these were clearly real staples, probably the, the uh you know meat and potatoes of our our forebears when all our digestive stuff was getting ironed out and we have most americans maybe everybody in the world has diets entirely devoid of those things oh yes
1: i, I mean, pasteurization and just yes. canning everything and the way we're preserving it now in the industrial food system it takes away those probiotics and i keep saying, sterile does not mean healthy it's like there's a lot right. of beneficial bacteria that we need to be working with that helps us feel better and function better it's like You can say lactobacillus is what you're working with when you do fermented vegetables, but you can't tell me all of what that is actually happening in there because it's not been studied and there's not names for everything. There's there's a magic to it that can't be described by science, and that's what you lose when you lose the generations passing these things down to the next generation and it's probably better that they don't think that they know exactly what it is because that's how you get
2: these refined pharmaceuticals and everything that right. like get rid of the counteractive agents in there the things that cut back on the side effects the stuff that your body recognizes as a complex whole food that it can work with and take what it mm-hmm. needs so they i mean they could probably figure out a fermentation pill or make it taste like it's fermented but, yeah, but sure. they've actually told us a let us away from that stuff. Like you get sick from doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Get... Yeah. My father had heart problems and he was a German Fleischgeschäft who grew up on and off. Like he had a, his cousins all had the farm and his parents were from Pennsylvania Dutch country and they had those, um, lived on the farms there. And a Fleischgeschäft is a meat cutter and not not a butcher but a meat cutter and he loved organ meats loved it but he had a heart problem the doctor told him he could never eat organ meats he taught me never to eat organ meats it was like a sin for him to have liverwurst he would sneak it once in a while and now oh, i look back and i'm thinking like he would they would let him eat egg yolks yeah. and i'm That's like so wrong, That's so wrong. Opposite.
0: yeah the things they tell us not to eat is amazing on its own and then like like bacteria it's like it's like a scientist somewhere said hey we figured out there are bacterias that can make you sick. Let's eliminate all bacteria <laughs> from everything. And we'll we'll start we'll start saying that everything's got to be sterile all the time.
2: And then and they found their wildest dreams come true where everybody's sick all the time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: Our interests I mean, are not
1: you, aligned. If, no. If you look true. at it
0: from a darker perspective, you could say that they thought, hey, let's get everybody to not eat the things that are good. Let's Tell everyone that bacteria is something they should be afraid of. We're going to sell them a pill for every little thing that's wrong. And we're going to, we're going to obscure the idea that you could cure yourself with food. We're just going to poison the minds with the idea that food is what hurts you. And then you go to, you go to a doctor, it gets as bad as that you get there and you say, um, yeah, my foot hurts. And they look at it and they go, yep, you've got a rock in your sock. So let's give you a pain pill.
2: <laughs> well we can't, actually, we can't
0: remove that. We're not going to remove that. Actually m-
2: in my family runs gout which is like incredibly painful on your it's a mm. kind of arthritis to get in your yep. toe or whatever and uh, I was reading about it just recently because I thought there has to be a natural cure. They give my mom like hardly takes pills, but she'll take that. It's cherry juice. And another thing I read was if you squeeze lemon into what they, they did study somebody did study two lemons into one or two liters of water and just drink that throughout the day that it is makes a, significant improvement in your ability to process your gas or whatever but like those fresh things they would you wouldn't really it's nice to know those little things but you wouldn't really need to know every little thing about like supplements and what you're missing if we weren't missing so much oh yeah i agree it feels like it'd be intentional and i i really gave him a pass on that appearing to be intentional until the past two years where i'm like (laughs) Yeah. If I can figure this out, like you have to not la 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 like you have to not want to know the truth about what makes you sick and what habits are good for you. You have to have want just turn your mind off to that and I feel like it's very clear that there are some
1: people who like it like this benefit from it yeah for sure um so yeah fast forwarding to 2019 is when we actually moved into the homestead so it was up for sale for a while and for rent you know for sale
2: but this was your family right this was your family pool but they were gonna let it go
0: they were gonna let it go um it was uh the house had been rented out the fields had been rented out for 25 years yeah since his grandpa
1: retired from dairy farming so it was like just feed corn, uh, year after year, and monocrop, then sprayed with glyphosate and all the stuff that you shouldn't oh my, do. God. From from
0: my perspective today, it was absolutely abused by farmers who were just trying to get their get a penny out of it, and yeah. it was uh, it was row crops of, of of corn, but not even edible corn, feed corn, uh, that you know we saw we they did it one more time while we were here. Uh, the the contracts and yeah, all We, have, we had already moved been...
1: in this time of the year yeah. so it was May and they had already planted.
0: And they well no they hadn't planted yet. They'd already they had tilled. they hadn't even tilled or anything.
1: They were and, entitled to.
0: And we yes. were all me me and our, my our son were so excited the day that they came and they tilled. We knew this was going to be the last time but they, they these these guys came out and they they tilled it and we went out there and we were so excited and then it was just this really weird eerie feeling where it's this huge field of what looks like brown nice dirt but you get there and you put your feet in it and you start looking at it and there's not a worm there's not a spider there's not a beetle there's no bugs it's it was it was sterile you might say uh you know um it was just it was just just dirt just brown dirt and it was like uh, our son who was only five at the time Mm -hmm. yeah he was five and he and he was just like you know this isn't uh this isn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> and I was like, I think you're right, and you know we turned around and then a few days later they came through and they planted bright neon pink corn seeds, which are that's the that's the famous monsanto, monsanto yeah. coating that's on there yeah and
1: um no, it and if not it contaminates it, your and, and, then, your and then the stuff, corn
0: then the then corn you get in trouble.
1: Up. Yeah.
0: And we and, and and he and I went out there and we said, well, you know, it's on our property. I don't think they'll mind if we take, yeah, a take it. Little, we'll take a little bit of the corn. You know, we just we and, and I'm telling him I'm telling him how great it's going to be because we're going to eat it right off the right off of it. And we pull it open and it doesn't look good and we taste it and it's dry and mealy. And it's just like. This is not for consumption. This even our is not. chickens wow. didn't want to eat yeah, it. Yeah, we even tried feeding it wow. to our chickens. We had, I mean we had it's, chickens by that time. and
2: It's bad enough yeah, the cows are like corn-fed and that they're
1: corn-fed with corn that you wouldn't even eat. And not just the corn. They cut the entire stalk into like silage. Like they, chopped they
0: mulched up. it to, to harvest it. They would mulch it into the back of and a huge truck. And it shoots into the
1: back of a truck and chopped up into little bits.
0: And then they take that back and who knows what the next step is.
1: So do you not eat industrial farm beef at all? So we found a, um, we found a, uh, farmer in town that does grass fed and we buy a half a cow and that lasts us a year. So this is our second year. We, we filled the freezer again. When was it? Not that long. Now you have room for a freezer. Yeah, just a few months yeah, ago. now we have room for a freezer. So really what I, what I was getting at, so we moved to the homestead and we had to, you know, first remove a lot of blackberry bushes to get the barn opened and and start to buy things like a weed whacker. We got a tractor eventually. We put in a big uh, garden with row crops the first year, and that was kind of hard to manage. Next year, we, Chad built me some framed beds out of fallen trees that had fallen in the woods that we have, some cedars. Nice. And and so, kind of moving forward, trying to plant things that are going to take care of themselves and come back the next year, like raspberries and blueberries, right? Strawberries. Um, but uh, really, what I think that story should convey to people is that you can start wherever you are now, and then as you go, like those things become easier to do, and you can take on new skills. And then, if you ever have an opportunity where you have more space then you're ready to start doing things. So when we moved in here, I didn't have to learn how to can. I didn't have to learn how to ferment. I didn't have to learn how to use a dehydrator. I'd already had practice doing all those things. So, and with the animals too. So we got chicken shortly after we were here and we put the garden in and we've, since we've got a lot more chickens and lost chickens and got more chickens, and then um we have like right now we have eggs in the incubator to have we'll have be hatching chicks any time now, any day, maybe tomorrow. The chickens don't sit on the eggs. Sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't, and they're kind of right. can be hard to manage with a lot of them. So yeah. this time we just decided we'll th- and they usually do plus, it later in the summer.
0: Plus we sell a lot of eggs, so it gets difficult to go. Okay, it's. This one nesting box we're not collecting from, you know. So is
2: it true that the eggs can lay dormant and they can come back and sit on them at a later time?
1: I've heard. Yeah, so they have what's called a bloom, which is just a coating on the egg that you can't even tell or see, um, which naturally comes out of of the chicken that just protects that. So it can be weeks. Um, They can they also make what I think they call it a clutch. Um, where they lay eggs a bunch until they've got a lot, and then they'll sit on it. Then they oh, that's booty. so
2: efficient! But and of yeah. course, that's why eggs that you don't rip that wash that off there preserve themselves.
1: Correct. Yeah, you There's can There's a leave, reason for that. Yes, you can leave those eggs. Um, those are that's a shelf stable food. Yeah, for people months. Have probably known that forever until recently.
2: Yeah,
0: because fact, it's I obvious. Yeah, what was it? Uh, we watched we something about. something older. It was black and white, and there was a scene in a store. And they went up to the cash register and under the cash
2: register was all the
0: eggs. Oh, uh, yeah. Facing out yeah, towards when the When I was customer. in Spain,
2: I went to Spain once and it was
1: like that. And I was like, I wouldn't. oh, yeah. Many that. other countries <laughs> still do that. And if you think. Yeah, I what couldn't they, understand. I was like horrified. I, yeah. Those are supposed to be in the fridge. And that's it was weird yeah. for me, too. At first, I was really worried about it. And here's the problem. Eggs cook best very
2: slowly. Mm-hmm. So if you I hate it when I take the eggs out of the fridge and they're freezing Mm-hmm. And I know like you just couldn't I, I want I want to like it would take me two hours to make that fried egg I want because I've got to make it like get to room temperature just yeah. so I can put it on the same top. with
1: like baking too. they they incorporate yeah. butter if they're room temperature most a lot of recipes yeah. even say that so and you have butter. to like, plan ahead butter
2: stays good for so i realized that when i got yeah. ghee like ghee will just sit there forever and i thought yeah. i think you can leave the butter out a little bit and yeah. you totally can i mean oh, yes. i don't know how long Not, i'm not leaving it out like ghee but you can definitely leave your butter out and people freak out
1: like the butter's out I'm like it's just too hard no it's same but- with when you render lard or tallow too shelf stable fat yes yeah. the yeah.
2: um yeah there's duck fat i was started mm-hmm. to learn because i did the Nora Get gaudis keto stuff for a long time uh-huh. and i learned so much about like healthy fats yeah. and stuff like doesn't go bad and um and she her thing people think ke- people take the keto thing they don't understand like and she does understand that that too much protein can be a problem muscle too much muscle uh-huh. can be unhealthful
1: Organ meats, connective tissues, fat—all yeah, that, that stuff's, that stuff's good.
2: Like you have to incorporate that bone and whatever. But like, so people will do keto and they'll just eat like a steak all day long or a chicken yeah. all day long. It's like that's not the way to do it. You need a lot of vegetable stuff. But I really learned a lot about that, and in that process, it came out how well those healthy fats a lot of times just preserve, and you can yeah, just for sure. Counter. Yeah, there's yeah.
0: there's so many things that like you know eggs eggs is just an incredible example of it that like they don't need to be refrigerated but we're all we've we've all been programmed and 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 brainwashed to believe that they have to be to the point where people are scared or like you said with the butter they they go oh my goodness your butter's out you know it's um but but you know a good a good example of this is uh uh I once took an egg that had sat on our counter for a, a good 2 weeks I marked it and I threw it in the incubator and that chicken well she's she's passed now but uh, <laughs> that was a chicken she, you knew she her came and we had eggs from her yeah you know um, that's what i was
2: saying it's just it's self-evident that that's true i'm sure because there it was the chicken yeah was right, the is,
0: if i can make that become if, if that can go through a process that it becomes a living chicken is anybody going to look me in the eye and say an egg that sat on the counter for yeah, two weeks was is, rotten? is unsafe to eat <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. you know it's uh see but it's, it's all backwards
2: it reminds me of like everything I learned when I was learning economics and they really left out something important. So you learn about um, economies of scale. So I, my answer to you a little while back would have been, well, in order to produce at scale, they have to do it remotely. Then they have to travel, make it travel and you can't, you know, have to preserve it and you don't understand the conditions or whatever. And then it's gotta be in the, in the store for a while and it's gotta last a really long time. And then you have to be able to buy as much as you want whenever you want it. And people will also use that argument to justify putting a lot of money into infrastructure, into work roads and everything. And my, and it did occur to me a while back, I was like, almost nothing requires economies of scale that like would be larger than an area around your city. Like there's, they have bad job jobbing and batches and factories. Like that's why you have so much varieties because factories can now make things in very small batches. And the whole infrastructure subsidy is what led to having no connection with the farms near you. And that also has some factor to like, you're supposed to eat what's near you. I mean, that seems kind of mm-hmm. obvious. And I always wonder why environmentalists don't understand that subsidizing yeah. infrastructure is terrible for your, your farm to table or whatever. It's terrible for the fossil fuel burning. The environment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just terrible for the environment. And so that does appeal to my libertarian. Yeah, well, in some ways, not that's necessary. What, yeah,
0: in some ways, that's that thinking is what led us here, you know, of uh, libertarian and and anarchist thoughts. Like as as I got as as both of us got deeper and deeper into decentralization as seeming like the the way, you know, like uh, centralized anything is is never never good. Blanket statements are never correct. And, you know, centralized uh, uh, planning for just about anything never works. Every every person, every system, it's always different wherever you go. And then as we went through the allergy stuff and had to start cooking for ourselves and we started growing our own food, we're going, yeah, this is the way we need to be thinking. Step and it living. back.
1: Step it back. One step. How can you take, you know, take it away from them? One one step, one step at a time until then, yeah, you have your own chickens and you haven't gone to the store for two and a half years to get yeah, eggs. We yeah, don't need so to do this
0: at scale. We need everyone yeah. to have chickens that wants to have chickens well, and have enough eggs for everyone who doesn't have chickens.
2: That is actually the ultimate beauty about the concept of decentralization is that it's actually... Not only better for your liberty, but it's actually more natural and it's better to the extent society is self-ordering. It's way better to have it in a small area. And there's a green anarchist, Bellamy Fitzpatrick, who I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like him. I've been to his place a couple of times. That's so great. and he was saying that like the natural community is maybe 100 or 150 people. Like, think of how many Christmas cards like a person mm-hmm. sends. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you send Christmas cards, but I send Christmas cards, and it's usually like 100, 150 people who I like have a. Rel- I, I a, never got
1: mine, so. I, sorry, I'm, I'm happy know. to
2: send. Them. I actually have to really change that up because I'm still sending <laughs> to people who I probably haven't seen in 20 years, but I'm like feel close enough to them that I know them. Yeah. And I know their uh character and he said that at a certain point you're never getting a bill gates in a community that has 150 people because he's the jerk that you beat up he's not the yeah, guy who comes yeah. to your house with exactly. you know 50 thousand person army but that reminds me so his thing is permaculture do you mm-hmm. do you is that just a part of your scene he's like asparagus is something apparently that it takes oh, like two years yeah. to get going it
1: takes but a while but then it you just can't get rid of it and then do you as- have that so when do you we, have like everything We don't, I haven't studied permaculture per se, but we are looking at um, plants that can will continue to come back. So, fruit trees, we have walnut trees, we have raspberries, blueberries, blackberries grow wild everywhere. So, there's that. So, we are trying to not fight our landscape. If something is naturally growing somewhere, we'll try to observe that and then foster that so we're we're maintaining a a a batch of the 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 blackberry bushes can stay where they're not in our way and then the nettles in our forest they're so abundant so we're using them now and when i used to think they were a weed and they would sting me and now i'm making sauerkraut and making tea um So we just try to work with our environment and there's a lot of people that have studied and gone to school for permaculture and it's a little yeah. intimidating to me, but I think without realizing it, it's just kind of naturally happening.
0: I'm pretty that's sure the term permaculture trying. was actually coined here in the county that we're in um, at the, at the college uh, that's nearby. Fairhaven
1: college, yeah.
0: Fairhaven college is, is where their horticulture program um, began using that term. I'm not positive about that. Someone could, you know, someone could call me yeah. out on that but that's what's that's what people say around here and there is a very very um hippie uh <laughs> connotation to using that word around here and due to that i i tend to not use that word yeah. but everything we do is permaculture. Yeah, it definitely
2: is and i was reading the book i'm sure you heard me talk about it against the grain and he mm-hmm. goes into the, a really amazing fact to me that really stuck with me was that there's 4,000 years between domesticating plants and the agricultural revolution. Wow. So 4,000 years. So it's, and that the agricultural revolution was really, I think, I always think it's, it was when we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden because (laughs) that agriculture where you work by the sweat of your brow was really to foster like a slave state, a tax state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, the technology of domestication is really the way he describes in the book, exactly what you do. So it's not like they were planting stuff or raising animals. They were just making sure that they had they were along the route of the migratory route of the animals and that maybe they had a little place where they would like a cul-de-sac they would get stuck in, you know, some of them would wander off into. And at the same time they would just clear away some weeds around the little berries or whatever. They weren't starting from scratch. And that was how they had so much leisure and that things would uh, grow at different times and that they were more, um, Preferred tubers and stuff that you could harvest when you needed it that would stay good in the soil, like the eggs or whatever that stuff that would stay good rather than that would all come at once and someone could come confiscate it
1: right and it's this it's it's like that Garden of Eden concept that is a food forest, you know what i mean that 's how I always think of it and here, like this year, we just try experiments with small things. We left carrots in the ground over the winter and we even got down to like six degrees a few times, which is not normal for around here, tons of spraying and then super low temperatures. Um, and uh we still have carrots in the ground um my my 18 month old oh yeah we had another baby in that timeline somewhere yes yes i remember sniffy Uh, sniffy's the dog So, you got um, sniffy at the same time. We do. It also, yeah. So the carrots, they're still there and I'm leaving them to see if they'll go to seed and then we'll try to collect the seed because if they survive that winter and they're doing so well here and we keep the seed from those, best then we carrots have ever. the best carrots ever for our area, right? Yeah. And then it's a perpetual thing that keeps coming or just letting certain, like I'll harvest a ton of stuff, but I let broccoli and lettuce and spinach and kale all go to seed last year. And now as I'm preparing the garden beds, I'm weeding things, I'm paying attention and I can recognize. Those plants coming up, and sometimes they're too crowded. I'll relocate them. But my my starts are happening outside without me putting any extra effort in.
2: Wow! I mean, I have some insight
1: as well. But yeah,
2: I love the idea that they are the best ones for your area for your actual Mm -hmm. piece of land. Like that's just genius because the piece of land. Like my husband's into wine, and and oh, I told him I wanted to go to Oregon up y'all's way to mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. everything out because i know like four different people along the way and uh he i couldn't imagine he'd want to come with me and he said there's a wine country in oregon i was like oh, okay, yeah. okay okay so we're yeah. gonna go to the grapes but the way if you go to A grape farm or whatever vineyard with him he'll say oh i like the wine i like comes from that hill because that's the one that faces the sun at this time of day and then you can see how like that so i mean to the point where there it's like a one little square can be or one small field is unique Mm -hmm. and yields whatever this wine is so i can imagine that any like particular little spot on your property could just have a uniquely perfect um profile in, yeah. in something that survived a,
1: a harsh winter and yeah. I, th- I think people of yesteryear were also so familiar with the native plants that grow around here there's so many things that i've always thought of as weeds that people spray their yards for to eliminate like dandelions every oh my part gosh. of a dandelion you can consume the flower the stem the leaves he's drinking dandelion too, right? Totally. Tea right now yeah
2: and my father used to say like i like the dandelions like don't cut the the grass my mother's like it's Are you the only
1: color weeds? It's a beautiful color, it feeds yeah, the bees early in spring and then they're food and not only are they food if you look into like ayurveda like the in- Indian kinds of medicine and they 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 specifically talk about certain plants have different characteristics for and the ones that grow in the spring actually help you during the spring when things are wet and cold and you need to be warmed up and dried out those plants work in that way so it's wow, like so medicine cute. right But the dandelions I was reading a book
2: called natural health i think by dorothy hall it's totally out of prints of course but i told my kids i bought them each a copy because like as you buy them off the um a books or whatever they get more expensive like as soon as you buy oh, one yeah. algorithm makes the next one more expensive so by the third one it was like a hundred dollars <laughs> but i got them everybody for their um tunnel backpacks like everybody has to have dorothy hall's natural <laughs> health and it and i was blown away when i stumbled and i was just reading this last year when i stumbled upon the chapter or the section on dandelions like i mean top to bottom has so many qualities and one of the things now she didn't cover because it, it was from the 70s but one of the things i started realizing and hearing about was i think is it um detoxifying so that i think it was for people who felt that they might have gotten a little too much spike protein in their mm-hmm. jab and wanted to get that um try to detox that and and I bought some just dandelion tea but I mean I get a little worried because I buy it like dried in a in a foil bag cuz sure. it's covered in it's covered in weeds killer on my lawn I and know, you can get one, one once in a while but i'm not going anywhere near that
1: yeah we, yeah we we can pick it from our own yard where we know stuff hasn't been sprayed and parts of the yard that aren't nearby neighbors or anything and uh, this year i did um fermented dandelion capers Yeah. so the dandelion buds before they even grow up the stem they're down in the little okay. plant and you can pick these tiny tight little buds yeah. and yeah. ferment those and they're like capers so actually i made a yeah. youtube video of doing that um on the preserving today channel you can check it out but how are you
2: going to find dandelion buds in the day you couldn't even find the greens now i can find the greens and have a great recipe if you want
1: you'll only uh, find them by going outside and finding them but yeah you do need a reputable source get- because you yeah, I to down in there and make sure it's not sprayed
2: it's definitely sprayed ah <laughs> uh, that's annoying but other than that i can see if i had you know if i have my own place at some point i it's, it's a it's a battle though because a lot of us live with normies who Mm -hmm. are not don't think it's cute to have dandelions everywhere don't want i'm like oh we should do a food forest instead of a lawn yeah and like what are the neighbors gonna think you know (laughs) or
1: like well
0: you know i've got some normie in me in some ways too like of just like i really like a nice trim lawn
1: less normie more hank hill he's
2: got he really wants oh you know hank hill is my hero because he's a nerd who kicks ass there you like go. that was a character that just had, you know, it was just crying out to be created. I just love Hank Hill for that reason. Me too. But yeah, he likes a good lawn. That's true. Yeah.
0: And I, and I do, I mean, like it's, um, I feel really good when I, when I pull into the driveway and, you know, everything is, is yeah. tight and trim and, yeah. and, and proper like that. And I, and then, you know, it's like this year, like we were talking about, I was like, I'm not going to mow the lawn. I'm going to let you can have it's going to be it's going to be so good you know all the bees are going to love it and this and that and then (laughs) a couple weeks later I was like I have to do it
1: yeah and then I was you have a farm we have have you know 26 acres so we now we we mowed the orchard and we mowed in front of the coop and we mowed in front of the house so it looks nice and there's places to hang out with the baby but then we can still go out in the long grass and find the purple dead nettle or the stinging dead stinging nettle and uh, the dandelions and all the other good stuff that just grows naturally around here
0: yeah we get we get a little bit of everything in that so
2: way. so you've done all this you've got did you ever see the the documentary little big farm we couldn't finish watching it because it's so wrong
1: <laughs> it was, was so it frustrating it? to us <laughs> because like, they Who were gets stupid this? who just goes in and gets a huge loan and decides they're going to do this when they don't know anything. And then they oh, I was out confident somebody. Now, like that, somebody that whole thing. That. So yeah, we just, we couldn't, somebody we couldn't finish that. it. Yeah. The I know was the feeling and we turned it off.
2: My husband tried <laughs> to get me to watch the uh, Unabomber documentary. Yeah, and like oh, yeah. the first sentence, in, I was like, "That isn't."
0: No,
1: <laughs> and he's it's like,
2: propaganda. "I can't watch anything with you." I was like, "Because everything's propaganda." Yeah,
0: just, just don't propaganda. mess with Uncle Ted, man. Don't mess with yeah. Uncle Ted. I
2: know, I know, it's bad, it's bad. Like we get very casual in saying that, but yes, I mean, he definitely. Let's yeah. look like to Jacques Ellul. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ted went too <laughs> far, but uh, but that doesn't mean they're telling the truth in his story. Exactly. So. So a little bit yes, harder. okay, but my point was that I want to understand, okay, how how far you've come with the farm, how f- much further there is to go, and then how did you start to uh, share it, share it with the world through, okay. you know, because you do yeah. a really great job. Like, look at your your uh, video quality is fantastic. Oh. Your style is great. I, I did um, that fermentation workshop was fun. I mean, I spent a lot of time zooming. It is unbelievable that I signed up for and attended a two-hour Zoom workshop. I was so surprised. Unbelievable. I was surprised. (laughs) But I woke up that day and I had like so many chores to do. I just had so much to do. And I don't know if it was like around Mother's Day or something. I don't know what it was like. I needed, I was just like, I'm going to do something for me. <laughs> I really want to learn how to make my own sauerkraut, <laughs> and my whole family was just like, "You should do it, Mom." Aww. I was like, "Okay." So, and then it was super duper fun, and you did a great job—a great job. I was really, it was, it was just fantastic. And I know you did a great job because I turned around and immediately made it, and it, it was great the first time out. Even though oh, I can't awesome. find dill seed anywhere, I think my have to, to order that on Amazon. Amazon still weed i found you can get this and then i didn't get the big mouth jars and the little mouth jars but i had enough stuff laying around i could just do it without like yeah getting a lot of supplies i could all i did was buy the lids that vent So, but but how did you so i do want to know where you are with the farming paul you don't work anymore
1: you still work what was oh the no
2: i still there? work he's got a day job you with, still work for yeah crying out loud
1: so he's still got a day job he does with flexible hours though so he can go in super early and have the afternoons home, right right but that's working night and day but i'm still i haven't I gone back to work, work after i had the baby yeah and we we have processes you know i don't we don't feel overworked we still watch yeah. crap tv at night you yeah. know before bed I, I do think that there's a thing uh, like crop
2: rotation where like your work, work is different from that kind of work. Like I can oh, yeah. do that. I oh, can sure. do like oh, a show and go actually like do the ironing. Like, and I don't feel like that's two different it's jobs. Too. Like, it's yeah. like yeah. I'm working.
0: My vocabulary gets kind of goofy. Sometimes I, other people don't know what I'm talking about when I say, Oh, I got, I got to leave and go home and get out of these clothes so I can get into my work clothes. This is while I'm at work. <laughs> you know he'll like be like I, i'm
1: at my matrix job and then i go home and do my yes, exactly and, and I then need when to i'm
0: when i'm here I'm going, okay i gotta wrap up because i need to get a good night's sleep so i can so i can go to work tomorrow <laughs> at work you tomorrow, know like yeah. and, I, and i refer to both of them as work but in yeah. my head they're totally but the, different. Ho-
2: but the work at home and another thing i realized this is my recently, real work
0: is here yeah and it's, i leave at- i leave my matrix job at the end of the day to go home and start my real job which is yes. which is working at home with my family and providing for my family for real and
2: i used to think that like when i asked bellamy the first time i talked to him i was like isn't it like beneath you like isn't it because he's so intellectual i don't know if you ever spoke to him or read what he's written he's like Mm -hmm. off the charts i think and uh he I didn't even say it like that. I just said, like, how can you stay engaged by this? And he, Or what do you like about it? And he said that it was so engaging, so creative, so challenging that you really had to think and use your mind. And I realized since then that this whole, like, specialization of labor thing, I feel like it's an abomination. Mm
1: -hmm. Like, I feel like
2: it's literally atrophying huge parts of the full
1: human person. Oh, yeah. And why do you think there's such high rates of antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills and sleeping oh, pills Oh Uncle Ted said that. that. He yeah. was like mm-hmm. if
2: you if you if you are in a totally unnatural environment you need augmentation. They it's someday not, they're gonna put chips
1: in your head, but the Prozac is an augmentation. And it's not that different than those pigs that I mentioned that never touch the soil or see the sun. Those yeah. are in a unnatural environment. They're unhappy and they get sick and they need medications. So it's just like us. We're 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 not supposed to be just indoor creatures, you know. We're not just supposed to be just on screens. So for us to answer your question, when we first were here, it was 2019 and everything's great, and then 2020 happened, and we really were like, whoa we saw this coming because we're listening to your show. So we were already listening about event 201 and things were like, is this really going to happen? Oh no. They're going to pull it back just like they have with all the swine flu crap before. But then no, they went full into this and I was working full time and we decided that we would homeschool. So Chud had quit working his job at that time and we were just juggling to try to be here, do things, you know, navigating all of this, still making an income. Um, but then, so we were like, screw Zoom. They're trying to force us onto Zoom. I'm never doing shit with the computer. I hate this. All of 2020, we'd never used Zoom.
0: They could never have locked us down if it weren't for Zoom. Zoom. Yes, totally. Being or able the, to do and it the Pope. And, and I think <laughs> and I even Pope. might have said some things like- so I think that Zoom's owned by China and I'll never yeah. support it. I'm not going to do <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so, it
2: definitely was a technological moment and they, yeah, they were yeah. like, it's go time.
1: So we, um, we never had used Zoom until you had said, Hey, come on for this, uh, patron, uh, Zoom call for yeah. homesteading. Uh, first it was homeschooling and then homesteading. I was like, how can we not do this? I want to go to that. Like, I love Aww. listening to Monica. We, You're we, like in we, my we, invisible we, friend in my head that I talked to that they can't hear me but I hope we I really never wanted to
0: be involved there yeah it was enough to, to catapult us into it and it was so great I hope that I'm we a did good influence.
1: well I think so it was. then think Don't about worry. what happened we went to the homeschooling one first and it was hard like I, I felt like I had a really hard time engaging because I couldn't know when it was okay for me to talk and you know speaking over other people we got better at delays, it over so time much better. like people raise their hands and everything yeah so then the homesteading one which was not that much longer after you had adam the agorist on there right which i had listened to deborah gets red pilled maybe once or twice but mostly i I actually at that time i might have only heard your interview with adam and then we kind of like we were talking about blackberries and he was nodding his head because he's in oregon right we're in washington and he messages us on the side chat, which I'm so surprised that I noticed. Cause like, I didn't even know yeah, how to right. like, open the chat or look you at could be messaging me right now. And I wouldn't even <laughs> I know. Up. I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> so he, um, he, uh, said, you know, like, we're going to take a road trip to Washington in June. Would you, could we swing by your place? You know, kind of a thing I'm like, Oh yeah. And I gave my email address and I was like, whatever. People yeah. say that kind of stuff all the time yes. and they never do. But then, you know, he emails me and connects and then, it was a couple months later, we're getting ready to go and we're going to be around on this date. And I was like, okay. So him and his wife and their three dogs uh, came the and, chicken camped, tender. Camp, yeah, mm-hmm. and camped on our land. And we were like immediately friends. Like we knew each other and Chud had actually still never listened to the podcast. Um, but We've so, so much friends. Then we keep, keep in contact. And then he decides to come again in September when we had one of our Agora's, a greener pasture Agora. We have like a market on our, um, on our homestead and we have music playing and vendors. Like we had a chiropractor giving adjustments and people selling like homemade tinctures. And So we I were... want to come to one That'd in be great. August.
2: Are, are, so, you, would you do it when I, I want, you, yeah, I'm, I'll I'm waiting. I'll tell you to... when I'm
1: going to be there. If you want to do it, you well, can do it. Let's talk off air and, and we'll figure out, uh, dates. Cause I, I would love to make that work. Yeah,
0: We're trying to hammer down our dates for, for those. For, yeah. We
1: haven't set a date yet. So that, that could work. So, so we had two Agora's last year. They came with to the second one and that was in, we, we had it on September 11th. And, nice. um, <laughs> so, uh, we, they had fun and then it was raining. So instead of camping, we invited them and, you know, spend the night inside. You can sleep on the floor in, in our little office. And, and they did in that night chad and adam just talking around our dinner table for hours like and and his wife emily's just kept like i think i'm watching them become best friends <laughs> oh I'm my so god. So it was awesome. so cute and and then um i think it was shortly after that adam reached out like in an email to to chad asking if he would want to come you know start another podcast with him on the deborah gets red Pilled feed and that's how into the apocalypse was born so then which has kinda- nothing to do with homesteading uh no you know it kind of hits on it it's it like I think, I think it's like you know uh conspiracy through like a homestead lens too because that's yeah. what adam's we're, we're into not afraid well. of
0: homesteading as much right, as we're not right. afraid of of conspiracy yes it,
1: yes okay
2: and you have sure a different a perspective, perspective because you understand how organisms work and that you could think about the fifth dimension in a different way i always think that i mean clearly there's Most people believe in interdimensional beings because Christianity is based on, has a lot Mm. of interdimensional beings in it. Yeah, absolutely. And then a lot of the other major religions have that kind of thing too. And then you have people who aren't even religious and still think that there's interdimensional beings. So basically everyone kind of has that archetype floating around. Mm. But I think that whole cycle of life and death helps you understand, you know, is it really possible to have an afterlife? Is it really possible to have your the you know are is this the car and the driver is the soul or is it you know just one and done I don't know but you would probably have a different perspective on that but it is is it mainly well I guess into the apocalypse sounds like what does apocalypse mean transition what does apocalypse mean
0: well, apocalypse well as we put it we in our first episode we didn't when we recorded it we didn't have a name for it yet and uh we kept talking about this idea of if shit really hit the fan uh who would we want to be in our inner cadres of of people that we had as we went into the apocalypse yeah because
1: you actually brought that up because we would talk about that all the time we would make a new friend and be like oh he's cool he can come into the apocalypse with us and so chud brought that up kind of telling adam about that and and they both agreed they would bring each other into the apocalypse and that was i'm a total
2: free rider as far as like supplies but i can be a combo no, librarian i yeah. have like a thousand uh-huh. books bartender mm-hmm. and i could kind of be your you know public announcement person everybody I mean, needs a, yeah PA, everybody i don't even need an any office. equipment for that everyone's
0: inner cadre needs a monica a communicator <laughs> for, for, for the it's apocalypse important. i mean a librarian absolutely we need I have over to... a
2: thousand books i mean i actually bought over a thousand books over the like i went to <laughs> amazon and i typed in book to see like a book I bought recently,
1: and it came out over a thousand in my gosh, Which is effed up. Except for yeah. they have value, I could sell them. Oh, I should do the same thing with salt in my history and see. Yes, exactly. Of kinds Just of see how, how bad bought. the problem is, and hope your husband's
2: not looking over your shoulder <laughs>
1: when. Uh,
2: so, but yeah, so, uh, yes, I could, would do that, but I feel like the, the cocktail making is, is pretty good too. Like I could really have my way with your farm and you would enjoy it. (laughs) No,
0: absolutely. I was going to say we, every, everyone needs, they're going to need a librarian you're gonna need a bartender, absolutely. <laughs> well, I don't even drink, and I know that this. Yeah. I'm logical enough to know. I what know
2: the next level need. of sophistication is not drinking at all. I realize that. I'm I'm just uh, wallowing in this in this tier for a while, but it's I'll, not it's not a level, level of
0: sophistication up. when you get there by hitting rock bottom by drinking.
2: Oh all no, wonder the are you and Adam are years. friends. Yeah, yeah. They, they have that Can
1: in I just out as Adam well? as No, he talks hitter. about it all. Yeah. Often. We talk yeah. About it. <laughs> Yeah, so so Chad starts podcasting, and then Adam asked me to be on Chicken Tenders, which was pretty short-lived, but um, I went on and talked about food preservation with Adam and Emily, and that I was nervous and, but it was very exciting. And then I kind of, so I kind of go into hibernation around, you know, the winter solstice and I stopped being so social and started kind of like being introspective and thinking about what I wanted to do. And I was like, I should learn how to edit video. I should learn how to make sourdough. So I just learned how to edit video and I got, and I just record all my stuff with my iPad and like edited on an app that I got there and, and record the audio, uh, you know, over it and stick it together so that I don't have to record audio when I'm recording. So, cause my kids are in the room and it's loud yeah, and wow, I just record what amazing. I'm doing. And then when you're I have time later, I snap natural. it together. Or you've
2: got a lot of skill and the lighting in your basement there is enviable. That's the lighting.
1: We have a window, so that's nice. Oh, it's of like course. That's ground. it. Of course. Oh, yeah. forget it. I thought you were in a basement. Forget it. We are in a basement. We're in a basement. Okay, we but it's a natural Just at the top of the wall, we got the, the, the difference little window. little in the for world. Sure.
2: It's fantastic. Well, I credit you for having natural light
1: well timed and positioned. Thank you so, very much. Our um, kitchen's sunny, too. Oh, stop, the dog wants to go oh i love that. Oh, in the lap come I'm on it, so yeah so the preserving today started then and then around that same time we we had talked about you know we do a lot of what do we call it unplugged podcasting podcasting unplugged yeah,
0: that's uh that's our new term
1: yeah where we just talk and we're like just having a great conversation and i was like oh we're podcasting unplugged i was like maybe we should plug you know we should make something. So, that's when the world as it is today started. And we we what do we when we must talk about family values um through this anarchy lens and um yeah,
0: how do we play how we apply our our anarcho like morals and 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 principles to to raising a family as well as, you know, like the 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 homesteading aspect of things that we you know and even like we're 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 redefining some words within it. Um Like we're trying to we're trying to play down homesteading so much and play up uh, homemaking. We're both homemakers. Mm -hmm. I'm a homemaker. It's not something a lot of men like to say, but uh, it's but I think that it makes much more sense to say that what we're doing is making our home. Um, Another word that we mess with, too, is. uh, You know, once upon a time, we loved the idea of the nuclear family, and it was (laughs) so sad that it was that the nuclear family is, is being destroyed. But then we now we're starting to use the term traditional family. And that we even see the the nuclear family of the fifties to have been a psyop yeah. to yeah, destroy yeah, yeah. what we see as the real the real family. What uh, we should the, be the, working to get
1: grandparents back to. go to the home and the kids go to school all day. Yeah, and the that's go to work really all day. messed up. I and mean, so the, is, yeah. The idea of homemaking just because the wisdom is lost
2: and the understanding of caring for aging people is lost. It's like so many that 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 goes right onto my list of of guns and food and medicine that when you lose that chain, that heritage, that legacy, it's very hard to restart it. It, A lot has been lost when you break the chain of, of how to how to really take care of a family, be a part of a family.
1: Yeah, so that's a lot of what we're talking about in the world as it is today. We've got 19 episodes. I'm going to I'm kind of obsessing about this. Everyone's talking about this baby formula shortage and I've kind of been obsessing about it and I've looked at a bunch of st- statistics and I've like been doing a bunch of reading on it and I am currently still breastfeeding, so it's I'm like really passionate about it and uh we're going to talk about um the bre- you know whole You can breast- you can start that back up. Kind of like- I mean, wet nurses did it for yes. a lifetime that,
2: that is, is there a thing? Yeah. get it going milk,
0: milk banks are a thing that's yes. a
2: little painful but I wanted West to just May hit on price. one <laughs> thing before we move on from this is that so I am you know, I feel like we're we're approaching a post-libertarian situation. Although I think that's already been co-opted to be like something too far right. Oh yeah. yeah. And I and I I don't even like say too far right. I don't even know what that means. But yeah, right. I don't what right means. I really don't know what any of that means. But I will say this: that I think the label of libertarianism worked fine when it still looks like we had a functioning system. I'm not saying we had it, but it looked like we had it. Yeah. And I love Ron Paul, and it looked like that was could have taken a turn for the better at the end of it it didn't but whatever so when I think about my kids this folds into what you're saying it's you you have to have a framework when you're raising kids as a libertarian anarchist agorist however you think about it where they there have to be limits there has to be a hierarchy there has to be wisdom and requirements and Works mostly was that we have a deal. Like, you're not my prisoner. I'm not your dictator. We have a deal, and you know damn well that you've got the better end of this. I'm taking care of you. You have a really nice place to live. I'm very nice to you. And I, you know, I I want the best for you. You trust me, and I have certain limits, and you're just going to have to trust that. But I wasn't big on saying no or exerting my authority. I didn't like it. I felt like you could always be rational, even with a little kid. And I think you can. But I feel like cracking the code on how to do that more effectively in a world where like screens are infiltrating your kid's psyche and and like there's one thing that's going around right now that there's an epidemic of bad parenting. Mm. Uh, that's a TikTok meme or whatever. Okay. But what it means is good parenting. Oh. Like I feel like it's a derivation of Satanism where oh. anybody who tells you not to do what you want to do is a bad person who's stifling you and giving you hangouts. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Media, TV, kids shows are telling them all the
2: time. So there, so now you have to deal with, which is the same problem on the political scale writ large, which is you have to deal with a, a sinister force that's taking underlying principles and intentionally making an exaggerated unnatural situation so that liberty doesn't really feel like an option. And I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just saying like with my kids, I could probably get through that. But now that they're being deliberately infiltrated, you have to be a little more like, yeah, okay, I understand your argument. You still can't eat all the ice cream in the house whenever you want. And there there have to be limits. And I just, I feel like, I mean, do you, have you thought that through yet? I mean, I don't know, maybe because
1: your oldest is eight that you don't really, you can still kind of he is Bring him along, but um, yeah, he's very independent, and I would okay. fall. That, he's eight
0: going on 16. That's okay. definitely
1: because of how we're raising him, though, because we do have right. conversations with him. So, you know, the you can't eat all of the ice cream would be like, well, why? I have free will, mom. I'm a free yes, person, exactly. You know, like, and it's like. You do, but I'm like also responsible for you because you're a a child and like, so it takes a lot more effort than it does to just say, shut up and sit down and watch TV because you can't do what I said. You know what I mean? So it's, that's what a lot of why we're talking about that on our podcast is because we don't get a lot of time to just sit down and work things out together. So setting that essential, uh, you know, um, purposeful time aside for us to talk about our, parenting strategies and things that come up has been really useful but our, our son is very much that and it's like I, I worry like oh how is he gonna rebel because he will He's he'll be a teenager someday is he going to like run away and join the rotc or like try to be in the military he'll insist or on going to college he'll want to go to college because we're like both <laughs> high school dropouts and i deal with that down. too i'm
2: just like you don't have to go to college come oh, on <laughs> yeah
1: and i'm like yeah but you're paying for it man i'm not yeah doing i know like, I no i'm
2: like let me buy you a farm please please let's just go buy a farm yeah i yeah, know so... you know they're brainwashed and whatever so what i just i want to make sure that um we might have to do a part two of this and do oh. it live so that people can ask, ask questions that's what sure. I did with Adam that was, was such a fun episode And I realized when we started talking it's like it's should totally do that but then it would be three hours <laughs> so uh, but I don't want to uh close we definitely have to have a part two before you tell us like what we can do to start and how you help through your media resources your workshops just Tell like I, you guys, somehow I did that fermentation workshop and it was really, really fun. And it really made, you know, it didn't change my life the way, like, (laughs) uh, you know, winning the lottery, but it really uh, enhanced, enriched my life in a meaningful way every day. That's excellent. So I would would say
1: for sure, like cook something that you like that you've never cooked before. And even if you're just going to the store to buy those ingredients, like, make it at home once and try to get good at one thing, right? And then, if you want to grow something, uh, go to my YouTube channel, Preserving Today. And I have a how to grow sprouts in a mason jar video that I made. And you get these special sprouting lids that have little holes in them. You put seeds in there and water and soak them for a day. And then, all you do is put water and rinse them and store it upside down. And you grow these, like, basically, like microgreens, like sprouts with little green leaves you that are loaded that? with you could totally do that
0: oh yeah you can totally yes
1: you can totally do that and my video is pretty clear i show each day so you can see how they progress and what they look like and then you rinse them off and you have these really nutrient dense salad sprouts and you can do it with broccoli seeds radish seeds clover like uh mung bean sprouts like every like you can do tons of different stuff
0: and this would be living food this wouldn't be like when you go to a grocery store and pick up vegetables
1: or even when you go to the grocery store and pick up sprouts those have been on the counter and they're starting to get slimy those
0: are all dead things that you're that you're bringing home this would be alive while you eat it it's going to be more nutritious than just about you don't
1: need soil and you don't need sunlight so you sprout something and it doesn't need sunlight if you want to have greener leaves at the very end you can stick it in a windowsill, but it seeds sprout underground they don't have light right they're right, searching that's exactly
2: the thing i'm gonna do that's gonna be my next
1: move So okay. yes go Ooh. go watch yes. the video it's like kind of one of my longer ones because i show you each day but go watch the video it's like eight minutes or five minutes or whatever yeah, and you'll you watch see it and how say, i do it
0: oh you'll you'll know that you can do and it this right. yeah is my- i
2: mean i totally knew it when you did that workshop so do you are you redoing that workshop it's today so, is okay the, we i think have, we're gonna air this probably on the 23rd of May.
1: Oh yeah, so That's I already right. I had another workshop yesterday. I'm glad you mentioned that. So, I do the the workshop you intended is part of a series of workshops called Exploring Fermentation. And the one that you did was fermentation for food preservation. So that's specifically to talk about how to preserve vegetables for long-term storage with a couple different methods. And I really have an emphasis on food safety and foodborne illness and the propaganda that goes around that. Um, I think it's really important for people to know that your food is not poison. It's not trying to kill you. The stuff from the grocery store probably is. But if you're making it at home, these microorganisms and things want to work with you. Um, so I did that again because after that last workshop, I got so many emails from people asking if I was going to do it again. So I just scheduled another one. It was yesterday, the fifteenth, and we had actually a lot of the people from your Propaganda Report Discord show up. Um, Ism Kant came, yes, and oh, he's his best. wife. And oh my to, gosh oh to, thank god she's back from the 17th. tunes was there tunes. i've met I've, yeah. i
2: know i've met both of those people in that's amazing and yeah. stewart
1: uh uh s uh, s mclean is his discord <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. name and think change repeat that's ashley she jumped in today and she's watching the playback so all those people heard of it because you shouted me out oh, after excellent. with that glowing review i really appreciate it so well, what was i was honest know... i mean it's
2: not like your sponsor i just <laughs> love you. that i yeah, love I wasn't it <laughs>
1: So I just want everybody to know that I will schedule another fermentation for food preservation workshop as soon as I have enough emails that you know five or six people is enough for me to say like let's set another date. So if you're interested to do that, it's about two hours. It's on Zoom. I'm just asking for a donation of like 30 bucks. If you do these things from other people, they're pre-recorded from the experts and they are like a hundred dollars. So I think that this I wanted to make sure.
2: Ask questions and clarify things. It was yeah.
1: fantastic. So I, it's not the same to me to just put videos out there. These, these opportunities, because I was doing these workshops in our home. So there were people coming to my house and they could taste the things that I had and um this way i i can't let you try things but i still showed you everything in my fridge um so i uh, and i ate really old salsa in front of you, so you could look forward to that as well it was really oh.
2: good i mean i was really amazed that uh you brought it to life like that i really loved it and um so do you have uh, one did you say you have one scheduled
1: yes yeah, so the next one in the exploring fermentation series is fermented beverages and i'm doing that on june 5th that's a sunday at 2 p.m uh, pacific standard time and to sign up just email greener postures at protonMail and let me know you want the fermented beverages one. If you want the food preservation one and you're interested in that, Let me know, and I'll just add you to my list to to email when I set the date. And the beverages one's going to be fun. So you like making drinks. I know. I'm so excited. Ginger beer, root beer, fruit kvass, beet kvass, um, water kefir, kombucha, june. I'll probably hit on, oh, tapache. That's the pineapple beer in Mexico that you could stop before it's a beer and it's a delicious soda
0: and i'm sure you can figure out ways to make these into cocktails oh yeah if you not, just ferment them
1: for a little, little longer a you, you make you make it booze <laughs> yeah it's up to you oh yeah my
2: brother was in prison he knows how to do it too so <laughs> oh yeah, yeah maybe he could pop in for a cameo with his little ziploc oh, bag that would but be uh amazing. That's a true story. Um so uh I do I just want to make sure that we direct people to the where they can get more. Um so it's at Greener Postures is your Twitter.
1: Yeah, what's your Twitter and Instagram? Okay, and you've got a what's your Twitter um at Mr. Chud X. Mr. Chud X. Yeah, at Mr. Chud X. And Mr. Chud X
0: indeed on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and Greener Postures is Instagram as well. We
2: tweet. To each other. Um. So you also have preserving today, which is your YouTube channel. Yep. Yep. Then you're the podcast that you guys do together is the world as it is today.
1: Yeah. And we are hosted on Podbean, so you can get our RSS feed there. But we're on most everything except we're not on Spotify. I haven't figured out how to get us on Spotify yet. Right. Okay. Well, the tech stuff, I'm slow to it, but I'm working. You'll You'll figure it out. You. It's not.
0: We're We're new to all this tech stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, it's.
2: I mean, the quality is great. You're doing great. So. Thank you. And into the apocalypse. Is mm-hmm.
1: on the Deborah gets red pilled feed. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's
0: it's all part of Deborah gets red
2: pilled. You now.
1: can find him on the Deborah gets red pilled episodes and the ones that he calls ITA or Into the Apocalypse as well. Mm-hmm.
2: That's so awesome. So
1: the next time that we do this, let's do it like on
2: a Saturday afternoon and take questions, and I'll put a lot of kind of feelings out ahead of time. Yeah. And I think that'll be super fun. Cause I'm that would be awesome. I mean, I literally have a list of like 15 more questions, but oh, mostly oh, I oh. like, see, i like to go back and forth and share my experiences. Oh yeah. But, uh, that makes great. it
1: take a lot longer. So. Sure. But I love these long form conversations. I mean, that's why we listen to podcasts <laughs> and that's why we uh, like talking to real people and why we wanted to jump into this community and just be a part of it. It's been really I fun. Was,
2: so tickled that you guys made connections from listening to the propaganda report that's
1: just oh yeah this, all life. of this, all this meaning of my life out. yep
0: all of Say this is stemmed out from that all yeah. of this is oh, so that one that one propaganda report uh what what are the, they called the zoom the patron, patron zoom.
2: zooms yep yeah the, and, yeah patron saint zoom parties so i'll be seeing you hopefully in real life in august and oh, that can maybe you know connect with the world i'll we'll do some Little on the scenes little live. That'd be amazing. Or or we could cool. give all right, hugs
1: and you could hold our baby. It would be. Oh a my script. gosh, no, whole, that would be thing. so yeah.
2: awesome! And I have so many more questions, so we'll get to them next time. Thank you so much, guys. This was super fun. I hope your kids aren't like tearing your house to pieces right now. Kind of I'm like hearing a lot time. of
0: sounds, but I think
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> <hungry>. me too. <laughs> and as soon as the dog are I was like, oh, I gotta go. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's been super fun. I'd much rather hang out with you guys and get all my questions answered, but that'll have to wait until next next time.
1: That sounds good.